Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life Podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. All right, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder, and today I have a special guest with me, Abby Dishi. And I'll be honest with you, I messed up on her own name, and we have been friends forever. So I, I should have said it properly now. And Abby Dishi, um, we have, like I said, we've been following each other on Facebook. We've been in a lot of different personal development groups, and she's a woman's empowerment coach and recently <laughs> published her book, which is Did You Say Thank You Today? Abby, welcome to the show. Thank you, Trey. How are you doing? <laughs> I am fabulous. I'm glad that you actually uh, reached out and talked about coming on to the, the podcast today. So one of the things I, I do want to ask you is you, you reach out pretty often about the podcast episodes. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a quick second. Why is it that uh, you find yourself listening to these podcasts so often? Um, that's a great question. I am very inspired by the messages that you bring and the people that you have. Um, I think that you have a very crisp way, very crisp, concise way of, of saying your ideas and your messages and the subjects that you bring up are also really interesting and always very inspiring. And I'm of the mindset right now that, um, especially in this pandemic, that we have to be totally focused on um, things that bring us to more gratitude, to more inspiration, to more of a positive mindset all the time. And I just like the variety of topics that you offer, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was just generally curious because in some of our questionnaires, you had spoke about that. And I always know that you give me feedback and send me messages. So um, <laughs> it's just, it, it's honestly, it's a, a breath of fresh air to know that people are consistently listening to the messages, not just my messages, but those that we have on here. And yeah, now, um, now with you being on the podcast, you know that you said, Blake, yeah. Blake, the guy with the, the legacy, the letter. Yeah, I yeah. just friend requested him. I was like blown away by that one. And uh, yeah, there's a few other ones. They're not, their names aren't coming to my mind right now. But um, yeah, that one was really like, like very moving, very moving. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I yeah. definitely enjoyed that interview that we had. Um, I don't recall exactly which episode that is. I'd have to go back now because we're publishing and like recording episodes very often. I have another interview as soon as we jump off. So it's going to be very, (laughs) but I thank you so much for sharing your insights as to a listener of this podcast and now being a guest. So let's talk about you and what is going on in your world. So 
this book, first and foremost, I want to start with this book and where you're at today. So this book, uh, Did You Say Thank You Today? What mm -hmm. inspired you? What really came across and why did you actually go out and publish this? So thanks for asking that question. Um, I've always wanted to write a book and um, I decided that actually in the pandemic when everyone was getting scared and crazy and worried and fear-based that I was gonna focus on positive energy and bring it forth to the world. The inspiration though is the, um, November of 2020 was 40 years since I got in a horrible car accident where I really, I almost died. And, um, and I wanted to share my gratitude with the world about that. It just sort of, what else can I say, sort of came bubbling up inside. Why not focus only on something good? And so there's a chapter dedicated to that, my car accident and how my life was saved and everything it was really quite miraculous. Um, I was in the hospital for six weeks. I mean, I broke my femur. A lot of you read about it in the book. And every other chapter in the book has, has, has a certain aspect of gratitude, gratitude in my children, gratitude in money, um, a lot of different aspects. And I just thought, you know what, there's, there's, as Tony Robbins always says, what's wrong is always available. We can always complain about things. We can always criticize things. And God knows we hear enough about that and fear. And I just said, I'm not going to go that route. I'm going to go the other way. And I just felt very motivated to use the quarantine in Israel. They're very strict about the quarantine um, and use the quarantine in a positive way. And so I'm really happy I did it. And I said, I'm just gonna, it's going to be on am. It's going to be done by November, which was, I said, 40 years. So it's, uh, it's on Amazon now, January, early January. That's amazing. So, okay, yeah. you know, so you brought up the, the fact of the car accident. And this is part of the book. Can you share that small part of the book with us and let us know about this car accident and how it truly transformed you into what it is today or what, what you have become today? Because that was the biggest influential moment in bringing you to where you are right now. Right. Um, so it was November 4th, 1980. I was 16. And um, I was driving too quickly for the conditions of the road. Um, and I skid on wet leaves and I got in a car accident, which was, uh, like I said, almost fatal, totaled the car. Um, and nobody was around. It was rainy, stormy night outside. Um, I had actually gone, it was like I said, it was November 4th. I was in a civics club, it was high school. And I was going to help the local people count the votes. And I had gone, and it was a little bit too early. They said it was right around eight. And they said, oh, just come back in half an hour. So I went back home thinking nothing of it. And I just got back in the car again, you know, about 20 minutes later. And um, I was driving too quickly and I skidded on wet leaves. Total, the car was unconscious, thought I was gonna die. Like a second before I lost consciousness, I just thought I was gonna die. And then somebody who was a complete stranger happened to see the accident outside his window. He didn't hear me scream or anything. And he uh, called the police, the ambulance never. And, um, and I was in the hospital for six weeks. To make a long story short, it was, it was a very uh, obviously traumatic time, physically, emotionally, everything. But ever since that happened and I healed and I was in 
crutches the whole rest of the year. My teachers came to tutor me and everything, you know, in the hospital. And then I was in school later on. I was fine. Everything was fine, thank God. But there was miracle after miracle after miracle about that night. I mean, that's just, I've always believed in miracles, but I definitely experienced them that night. And years later, when I had my, I have five kids. So my oldest is 25. So when I, my, he was a baby, I was sitting in a first aid class. It was a few months old and somebody was talking about the body and he was saying how going through the parts of the body he was saying uh, the femur is um, an impossible bone to break. And I meekly raised my hand and said, well, I broke it. And he said, really? Cause only, only professional football players like break their, like, how did you do that? And I told him and he said, so you're a walking miracle because the guy who took you out of the car, when you saw him, um, if he's not a trained medic, he could have paralyzed you. Most people would be paralyzed in that situation. So here was another miracle on top of the other miracles that had happened that night. So I just felt like I need to tell the world about that. I really need to share that. Like there's just so many miraculous things and I've, it has definitely shaped my life. Like I see miracles all the time. I don't think there's some weird, oh, you know, kind of what are you talking about? No, that's just how I live my life. I see them all the time. And so it kind of all came together and I realized wow, we can live this way if we choose to. You really just, it's just a choice, you know? How uh, you see miracles, they're, they're all the time happening. That's so true. And it really does come down to us and focusing. Are we focusing on the positive or are we focusing on the negative? And right. a lot of people that are in that negative mindset will continue thinking, well, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, the, so to speak, quote unquote, the lucky sperm donor or, you know, whatever, you know, that's, I, I'm just, uh, I get the short end of the stick or no, like you can create your reality. You know, you right. can create the happiness, but you're too focused on all the negatives that you're now creating more negatives in your life. Right. So it's very powerful in what you were speaking about. And when you awaken yourself to start looking for those positives you can transform your life so thank you so much for talking about that and when now you you stepped out of the car situation you've seen these miracles and moving forward in your life now you have done some amazing things in your life uh to include the bar exam and can you explain some of these portions of your life and some of your successes or some of your job responsibilities? We've had this talk months ago about some mm -hmm. of the different things you've done, and it's pretty amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Uh, so the bar exam, it's a, that's a chapter in my book also. Um, I talk about, it's called the gift of failure. I passed the, the American bar exam and I worked as a lawyer for a while there. Um, and then I was teaching in different areas, but when I came to Israel, I um, took the bar exam in Israel and uh, I was pregnant with my first child. And um, I remember he was born three days after the exam. Of course, we don't know those things are going to happen exactly when. And I missed by a few questions. I missed by six questions. I, I know Hebrew and it was pretty well, but not like an Israeli. And um, and uh, I didn't pass it. And uh, I took it again a few months later and I missed by four questions. And then I took it again the third time and I did the worst. Um, and I had a really big ego at the time. Like 
I was used to doing so well and succeeding and everything. And this is why I call my chapter the gift of failure because um, the gift of failing, because had I passed the exam, I would have been sort of, I, I'm going to call it victim to the superwoman complex, which is have to be working out of the house, take care of my child. And I actually think that's a big myth now that I have five kids and I've, I'm very happy that I was home with them when they were little. If I had passed, I would not have been doing that. And so I feel like it was God's huge, um, in Hebrew, we call it chesed, like it's a mercy that it happened that way. Because I'm not one of those moms that say, I'll, I'll never say, oh, where did the years go? They went by so fast. I don't, I'm not going to say that because I was home. And I think, you know, and those years don't come back. And I remember at the time I had a good friend. I was so distraught that I failed the exam. And she said, the bar association will always be here, but your kids will never, your baby will never be this age again. And I, those words have rung in my ear over the years. And she was so correct. You know, there's just, I mean, you know, you have five kids, these years don't come back. And so I think every parent can relate to that. And it's such a, um, what's the word? I'm so passionate about being a parent that I think that that was the blessing in that. And that was, so yeah, that was a huge gift. Um, very powerful, very powerful, transformative, I would say. Thank you. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's true. I, I love what you're, you're speaking because oftentimes we're sitting here, we're chasing this, this dream uh, of something more, just a little bit more money or, mm -hmm. um, you know, this, this thought of happiness, but we're not living in the moments to even enjoy what we have right now. And, you know, we don't get that time back with our kids. We don't get uh, the weekends, the missed sports uh, events, whatever our kids are into. And same with our parents, and, or not our parents, our, um, our spouses. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yes, I might be, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, one of the, the big things that I do is my gratitude. That's one of the first things I do in the mornings when I'm taking my dog for a walk is to be looking around, being thankful. And I'm mm -hmm. speaking about this because you also do uh, every once in a while a 30 day challenge to invite people to do this. So I know this wasn't something mm -hmm. you wanted me to, to, to actually bring or to say to bring up, but it's true. You know, it's something that yeah. we have to start practicing every single day. And when we start practicing it, then starts rewiring our brain which is going to lead me into the next question for you so um rewiring the brain and with you being uh, a woman's empowerment coach and um gratitude coach i know there's some things that you had told me previously about rewiring can you explain some of that for about the brain how it helps us um well one thing i think that I wanted to focus on was, you know, when Tony Robbins has his priming exercise. Um, so I find that extraordinarily powerful. I mean, I literally feel like literally my energy is different. You know, when you do it in the morning and you think about the goals that you want and things that you're thankful for, when you do that repeatedly, as you know, when you say, when you say thank you and you're repeatedly for days on end, at least 21 days, I believe is the time it takes to acquire a habit. 
I'm not mistaken. Um, I literally feel like my brain is in a different zone. In other words, that's, that sounds like a spacey thing to say, but um, I'm able to focus more on thankfulness. I'm able to just feel that energy more. And like you, when I go for walks in the morning, I also think of what am I thankful for first before I listen to anyone else or think about it. First, say thank you. What am I thank you, thankful for first of all? And then, you know, I might listen to someone's podcast, your podcast, someone else's or whatever. But first and foremost, walk out the door. Thank you for my, that I'm walking. You know, thank you that I'm breathing. Thank you that I can taste. Thank you that I can smell, literally. And it, yes, it rewires the brain because what you, also what he says, where focus goes, you know, energy flows. So uh, I think those are some powerful principles of how to rewire the brain. I've also done some workshops on emotional intelligence, social intelligence. Um, yeah, there are neural pathways that are literally changed when you decide what to focus on. It's not some sort of thing in the past when we were growing up, it was more, oh yeah, that's a nice idea. Maybe I'll talk about it. No, they're literally, literally changed in your brain when you switch the words that you say and you switch your energy on a very um, intentional level. Absolutely. And some of the studies that I've, I've come across, they talk about there's literally trillions of different neurons within our brain. This is getting crazy technical, I know. <laughs> but what it means is the synaptic connections. Hopefully I'm saying that correct. Um, ultimately, it's the firing from, from one neuron to the other. And that is the, uh, the energy that is being produced by the brain. That is in form of a thought. Now, mm -hmm. when we start thinking of something more, that same connection will start building and kind of uh, almost, a, this is my own words, like calcify, it builds up and it makes it stronger and stronger. That's mm -hmm. why those negative thoughts, when you constantly think about it, it you are literally wiring your brain to negative thinking. Mm -hmm. So we have to, as long as it took to thicken that connection it also takes a while to unconnect it so you brought up the fact of um, how long it takes for a habit to be generated now in the military mm -hmm. we would constantly go to these firing ranges and it didn't matter if we're shooting expert we're still going through the same fundamental exercises all mm -hmm. the time and the reason is because we're making that connection stronger and stronger now, it truly, it can take anywhere, um, they say, what is it, uh, 66 days to 106 days or something like that for a true habit to be formed. And, you know, so you have these beliefs that we start creating our actions on. And those mm -hmm. beliefs, the more we, we live it and breathe it and do it, that's where those habits come into play. So when I sit here and I do these 30 day challenges or no, like we have to be a lifelong learner to better ourselves and to truly take a moment of gratitude and practice that. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sorry to kind of go in depth a little bit more. I just want to make sure some of the listeners actually get that portion too of what you're speaking about. Um, yeah, Trey, I think you're right. It's also important. I know when I post my gratitude posts on Facebook, um, a lot of times, you know, besides the challenges, I'll ask you a question, like, I'll say what I'm grateful for. I'll post a picture of something, usually of something in nature. Um, sometimes it's with my kids, sometimes not. 
but then I engage the audience and go, what is it you're grateful for? Because I think part of building those pathways and having those neurons fire off is an engagement also. Because if you're being grateful, if you're, you're showing gratitude, feeling gratitude, if I'm feeling gratitude, but I find a tribe of people that's also doing that, it keeps that momentum going. You know, you can do it on your own, for sure. I do do it on my own, but it's much more solidifying when you use that word also, like it, it, it is like calcium. It's much more, yeah, solidifying to have other people engage in that process with me as I go along with it, as you can relate to that. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the power of those that are around us, I, I say this time and time again, it's truly a, a powerful thing. You have the right people or the wrong people, and you are going to solidify. So even if you're the most grateful person and you constantly, or in uh, negative environments, eventually you are influenced mm -hmm. to actually start changing to the environment around you. It's kind of like evolution where we evolve into what is around us because it comes down to the strength and number. I'm going crazy off topic here. So, um, but I appreciate you speak. I, I can sit here and talk all day. You know me. <laughs> so I do appreciate what um, you had no, to, I to speak about. I just want to say also that um, this is definitely linked to, you know, my work that I do with women when I do these empowerment workshops. Because um, a lot of times women tend to, I don't want to generalize for everybody. I'm talking about my audience is pretty much between 40 and 60. Women who are have a few kids usually don't take care of themselves, don't take time out for themselves. So part of when I use the word empowerment, I mean inside and outside. You know, I do fun skincare tips for mothers and daughters. Um, and that also generates a great bond between the mothers and daughters. So I try to achieve kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. But a lot of times women just don't, um, um, they're not always grateful for who they are. Meaning that's where gratitude is linked here. You know, we're, we're good at taking care of other people. Um, and that's sort of, I don't want to blame it on society. I, wanna, I don't want to blame it on any one factor. But what I find is a very common thing, and doesn't matter where women are from, is that aspect of they often don't take time to redefine themselves and literally take care of themselves. When you have gratitude for yourself, you take care of yourself because you create space because you appreciate who you are and what your gift is to the world. It's not selfish, it's self-preserving. And I think that the people around really appreciate that. I've actually spoken to a lot of men about this, like in, in different, different points in my life. And I'll, I'll say, yeah, we like it when women take care of themselves. Like, we'll tell you the truth, you know? And I like to get that honesty because it's, it's something that women need to hear. They're just, sometimes they don't, I think sometimes men are shy to say that. That's why I like to really, I'm very, uh, as I say in Hebrew, degree. It means very forthright. I want to ask the question. I want to get an honest, authentic answer. So I think it's important for women to know that. Like, ladies, take care of yourselves. It's important. It's really important. And, and appreciate who you are inside and out. Absolutely. And there's nothing more powerful than seeing uh, individuals that care for themselves, but also know how to relax. Now, when you get into that, this is for me. When, you know, you can sit there and constantly be relaxed and that's just fine as well. But it, just by the way we dress will be an empowerment to how we act throughout the day. Um, when you are caring for yourself, you're more appreciative, gratitude. And 
that way it shows through our actions and what we do, our conversations we have. And then at the end of the day, definitely like there's nothing a lot better than just coming home to be able to relax. And one of the things I was trying to say uh, how appreciative I am of you and what you've gone through, you know, people have heard this before, my wife and five kids, you know, there, there's a time where my wife, I notice it where she feels like she's constantly having to take care of everything. And she doesn't give that time to herself. And it's not just her because she wants that time, but necessarily she might not feel like she can because things have to be too controlled because of how big the household is. That's where I have to step in and realize that stuff to make sure that she can care for herself too. So, so I think also there's a, a helpful, I find a helpful link, which sometimes makes it easier for people to do that, which is when we introduce the element of contribution, I know many people talk about that. Tony talks about that. Dean talks about that. Some people might say, well, how is that related to taking care of yourself? It is because as a mom, and as, as a mom, you are contributing more to your children. And I will definitely say this unequivocally now that my kids are bigger, they notice boys and girls. I have three girls. I have three girls and two boys. They notice if their mom takes care or not. And so you're contributing to your children more in the short run and the long run as a, as a mom, when you take care of yourself, it's not an extra, it's not a luxury. It's not, Oh, if I have time for it, no, it's you carve out the time, the way you carve out the time to make dinner, to exercise, to work, you know, to eat right. It is no less important. And it is when it comes from that place, you know, of contribution, if women are reticent to do that, or they have all kinds of excuses of, I don't have time, I can't do it. It's too, you know, there's a million excuses. When you look at it from that point of view, I'm contributing to my husband, to whoever, my partner, to my children by doing that. It's a whole, an entirely different space and way of looking at it. And I find that that's a very helpful key in helping women to do that. They all of a sudden look at it with a different, with different eyes. I love that. And one of the things I was sitting here thinking about as you're speaking, and for me, uh, there, there's a book out there, The Five Love Languages. Yeah. And a very awesome book. And for me, one of my top love languages is um, basically words of affirmation and um, how my wife cares for me, like acts of services, the other one. Uh, acts of services, the kindness out of your heart. Now, there's a difference when act of service, you just expecting that stuff because it's not an act of service anymore. Now it's more like a duty and mm -hmm. you got to make sure that you're, you're addressing that within my, my own mindset. When I say I'm addressing that, like I have to understand that she is contributing, you know, that act of service, because if she wasn't doing it, guess what? I need to be stepping up and doing it. So kind of going off the <laughs> off the journal topic again but that to me when I feel filled up when she is hitting those love languages that fills me up mm -hmm. and when mm -hmm. I'm filled up I want to give back and that's why I say you talked about contribution and uh, gratitude when we are filling ourselves up then we can fill others up as well and it's that that nice overflowing cycle that we have so with you and the the gratitude did you always have the gratitude or 
was it something that was kind of building over time that now you're able to look back and see those moments and appreciate it? So how did that work for you? So that's a really, really, really good question. Um, thank you for asking that. I think that in, I think that when I was younger, I had moments of gratitude and that's actually one of my chapters. It's called moments okay, of gratitude, but I don't think it was a general um, state of being. I don't think it was. I think I was, I was a perfectionist. I was very self-critical. I was very quick to find what was wrong in a situation. Um, I was a very, like a high achiever and externally everything was okay because it was such a high achiever and I got good grades and everything was great on the outside. Great resume, great this, great that. But internally, I don't think I had that state of being. And now Really, I would say in the past five years, 10 years, outside limit, I would say, um, I developed that more and I call it reaping the seed. I'm really sowing the harvest is a better way of looking at it. The seed of gratitude was planted that night. And I also say that in my book. It was literally planted that night in me, I think really from my creator, to have gratitude. But I don't feel like I reaped that harvest until now actually in this pandemic. I mean, in, 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 a very, in a very poignant way, it's been gradually increasing in the past few years. And when I wrote this book, I feel like it really culminated and I feel like I really got it, you know? So um, doing the priming exercise, doing these walks, doing focused, I said, like we've talked about before, focused gratitude, those are all acts that um, put into practice the state of being. Because as you know, it's a muscle. You have to keep exercising it. You can't let it atrophy. You have to keep doing it. So uh, that's a long answer to your question. But in, in summary, I, yeah, it's something I think in the more recent years that I've really developed. I love what you just said. It's like a muscle. And it's so true because it, once again, if we don't practice this, just like our bodies, if we're not using our bodies, it will go away. That's why, you know, as you become older, people are not moving as much as they generally did in younger ages. So the body mm -hmm. starts kind of going away. And <laughs> I, I say this because I've also seen the flip side where people, you know, in their 70s can outdo kids in their, you know, 20s and 30s or not kids, but, you know, young adults in their 20s and 30s because of how active and how much they're using their bodies. So, uh, sure. you know, the, the gratitude, it's, it's something that we do need to practice and put at the forefront of our mind. So you talked about in the mornings, the first thing you do is to practice that. Um, mm -hmm. it, is that, so to speak, your trigger? Like, as soon as I put my feet on the floor, that's what I think of. Or is there a certain well, trigger or as soon as I walk out the front door, this is what I have to do? How do you practice? Well, this? actually, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, actually, in Judaism, there's a prayer the minute you open your eyes, like a thanking God that you are alive. Like he gave you your soul back because we know, you know when you sleep, your soul kind of that, I don't know what scientifically what goes on, but your soul gets taken away. And then so literally when you open your eyes. In Hebrew, it's called modani, like thank you. It's the word is thank you, <laughs> and so I've known that all my life. And it's sort of again speaking of rewiring your brain. Um, you, when you say it your whole life, so it's in your head. But now I focus on it more. So when I say that, 
and then I do my breathing and then I, you know, go for my walk or exercise, whatever. Um, it's already in the brain. I think saying thank you, literally saying thank you and not just thinking it is also very different. Um, like, I, again, you know, I believe in the written word, the power of the, of the written word, the power of the spoken word. It's very different than a thought. So that's the trigger. I say it and then I feel it. And then of course the priming exercise is great. Also, all these things are um, developing the muscle as we say. And that's the Tony Robbins priming exercise. Is that the one you're speaking of? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. for sure. Uh, yeah. So for those that are, are listening, is like, what is this priming exercise? You can literally go to YouTube and type in Tony Robbins priming exercize. And it's like yeah. know, a 13-minute 13, 13 um, exercise yeah. to prime you for the morning. To prime you, I, I find that my day, I don't know about your experience, but I find that my day is different. Like if I go, if I miss it, let's say on a day or something, and I don't do that particular exercise, which of course happens sometimes, um, then my day is different. And if I do do it, I am literally, I have a different energy. Um, you know that exercise, right? You're, uh, you're familiar yes. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I do that as well. That's why I wanted to basically explain to some of those that are listening that may be wondering. So um, it's an amazing uh, exercise. The only downfall to me is like, if you listen to it, the video or the audio is very low. So you gotta turn it up pretty decently mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. for for you if there's somebody that's like okay um i'm ready to change my lifestyle you know i'm tired of looking at all the things i don't have or all the the crap that is happening to me what are some things that you could tell them to start making that shift towards a more thankful more gratitude uh mindset how can somebody start out so first of all um a journal writing things down um whatever you whatever the person prefers morning or night but definitely one of them if not both of them consistently every day five things that you're grateful for they don't have to be huge things they can be like i found my car keys or you know my son helped my daughter it doesn't matter what it is it can be or i thinking about you know 15 years ago when this happened and i met that person it doesn't matter what it is it could be recent, it could be today, it could be yesterday, write them down. That's number one, right? It could be before you go to sleep, it could be when you wake up in the morning, but at least once a day. What is it you're grateful for? Without judgment, without analysis, just from your gut, what comes up in your gut? Because you know, our gut doesn't lie. It doesn't lie and it's, it's, it's true to who we are. What sometimes happens is our brain gets in the way and then we, oh, I don't really know, did I really, just, just write it down, right? I get in the habit of writing, that's one thing. Second of all, um, I definitely agree with Tony Robbins, your physiological state. So exercise, I'm sure you can relate to this. If you're pumped, you know, and you feel really good and you exercise, you went for a walk or you did a row, I, I love aerobics. I do, I used to be swimming before the pandemic and now the pools are closed, but whatever. I love the beach. That state of mind is an amazing state of mind. So, um, you know, any kind of exercise that you like to do, do it consistently and every day for at least 20 minutes. Um, lots of people talk about exercise, but I'm talking about it in relation to gratitude. When you do exercise, your mind is able to see the good better. And that's something that just comes from practice. I've definitely exercised all my life. So I know that that's for sure. For sure. I've experienced that. If you're in a bad mood, 
someone got you down or you're just angry or whatever it is, um, you can get out of it by exercising. So that's another thing. Um, I also think quite frankly, observing children. <laughs> if you're a parent, so you get to do it all the time. If your kids are big, so they're not always around, watch other children. I'm in Israel's very family oriented and very community oriented. There's a zillion children all the time, all, all, all around. Um, it's, there's a lot of people with large families. It's not unusual at all. Children are just, you know, the purest of beings, as you know, and your parents, and they're not analytical and they find joy. I think they find joy very easily. So if, if anyone has trouble finding it on their own, again, when, when Tony Robbins talks about success leaves clues, I would call that also a success. Successful beings who experience joy, watch them, watch them. That's, those are some ideas. And that's true. I kind of wanted to wrap this into kids as well that you spoke about. And it's true, they, they are pure. And this is gonna be a topic for a whole different episode. But when we deal with their, their mindsets, if maybe you're listening to what Abby is talking about right now and looking at the kids and how grateful or you know how pure they are, if you feel that they are not grateful, then you need to actually take a look at yourself <laughs> because of the fact they are a direct reflection. From the ages of zero to seven, everything is being downloaded to their subconscious mind. Sure. So yes, they are going to sit there and they will do some testing. Uh, that's why they have the terrible, terrible twos, because that is an age point where from the subconscious, everything being downloaded to now the, the brain is starting to open up a tiny bit more and they start testing things themselves. So that's why that, that terrible two is there because now they're kind of starting to think on their own. And our actions as parents or as guardians or mentors, whatever it is, it's because if they're not grateful, if, if, or if you feel they're not being grateful, if you feel they aren't doing things your way, you gotta remember that's your beliefs. But at the same time, we have to make sure that they are, that we are showing up the proper way. If they're acting out nine times out of 10, it's probably because they want attention from you. Uh, you know, the typical, the typical three, they want attention. If they're babies, you know, it's hungry or diaper or sleep, you know, it's mm -hmm. the, the typicals. But, uh, you know, so I just wanted to address that because if somebody's here listening and says, well, my kid's not grateful, he's a little snot. Um, take, take a look at yourself. Are you, are you being thankful for them? And just by saying, yeah, I'm, of course I'm thankful, but are you practicing it? So Abby, I, I really appreciate, appreciate you bringing these different dynamics to this conversation. Well, my pleasure. <laughs> um, I just want to say also, uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think it's a really good important point that you brought up about us as parents, because kids are just a, they're just a reflection, you know, it's just, they're, they're mirrors. And so we have to level up and realize like what, what we're doing. And it's not always easy, you know, to always be self-reflective and aware, but I think that um, you're, you're spot on about that. It's kids mirror what we do. They do what we, they do what we do. 
they don't always do what we say, they do what we do. So we are role models um, all the time, <laughs> whether we like it or not, it's, uh, it's a real truth. So yeah, we're, we need to be careful, pay attention. And thank you so much for that. And one of the things I wanted to bring up is in previous conversations, you talked about uh, an actual course. Is there going to be a course or anything that you're doing or helping people out with? Is that anything yeah. in the future or do you have that now? Um, thanks for asking that. Yeah, I am actually right now developing a course on gratitude because um, I have not seen that taught formally Again, people talk about it and throw it around in the term and we try to practice it and apply it as we've just spoken about. Um, but I have not seen an actual course in gratitude. We certainly don't learn it in high school or college. You know, we learn history and math and English. And those are all great and important. But if we were to analyze and talk about how gratitude helps, not only in your personal life and your relationships, but in business, again, you know, people like uh, Tony Robbins, Brendan Burchard, they're walking examples of that many other people. Um, so it's something that I'm developing right now and I am going to teach it online um, when the Corona's finished <laughs> um, uh, in person, executives, moms, students. Yes, I'm uh, planning to, I will let you know when that is is out there. It's That's awesome. That, that'll be an amazing course. And one of the things, I keep meaning to bring up during this conversation. We are in the, I don't even know if it's the middle anymore. Um, hopefully it's the end. Maybe it's still the beginning, but during this time frame that we're actually recording this, it's been almost, uh, what, a, a year and a couple months that we've been in this coronavirus or a COVID. It used to be COVID-19. Now they changed the name. I don't know. I can't keep up. So, this is the time period you use to actually bring your book out because you felt that it was needed the most during this time. So how are you staying thankful and using gratitude during this time? So it's ironic because like I said, I'm used to going to gyms and pools and everything. That's all closed of course now in the, in Israel, they're very strict about that. So I don't know what's going on exactly in America with that stuff, but so that's why I started walking in nature. And I never thought I was a photographer. I just started taking pictures literally every day of different things in nature, as you see from my posts. Um, and that's how I started to actually get quiet inside and tuned in and peaceful. So while people might be really fear-based and afraid, I did not feel that way. I just felt like, oh, I'm walking around nature. And it's exactly what you said earlier You know, in this, in this uh, session. It's, it's, it's what you think about. So if you are walking around in nature, you're not thinking about victims and fear because you're looking at something beautiful. And you also don't have to travel far. People are used to going on vacations all the time to then get in that state of mind. Oh, I went here, I went there, I went hiking, I went to the beach. You could just do that every day. I mean, literally that's also my, one of my big messages is you don't need to go somewhere to do that. And now because we can't do that because of the pandemic, we can't just go traveling all around and everything. And you know, it's a different state of being. So I just learned to do it at home. And I'm really thankful for that because it's a tool to call upon all the time. So it's, uh, I think there's a lot of beauty in simplicity. There's a lot of beauty 
emotional, spiritual beauty in just enjoying the world around you every day. I mean, that's basically, you know, the simplest way to put it, I think. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. As we come to a close, is there, uh, well, one, where can people find your book? Two, where can people get a hold of you? And three, is there anything that um, the listeners that are currently listening to this episode right now, is there anything you'd like to share with them? So those are the last three questions that I have for you. Sure. Okay. So my book is on Amazon. You just can go to Amazon. Um, I can give you the link by heart. Um, I can post the link or give it to you in some way. Um, I have the link. I'll definitely include that into the show notes. So as you guys are hearing this, you don't worry about remembering it. Just know it's on Amazon. And the title of it is, Did You Say Thank You Today by Abby mm -hmm. Dishi. Abigail. Yeah, Abby's my nickname. So on the book, it's Abigail Eve Dishi. That's my full name. Um, yes, that's the book. And uh, I would love everyone's feedback. Love you guys. Check it out. You can find me at um, www.abbycreativecoaching.com. That is my website. Um, my email, abbydishi at gmail.com. Pretty easy to remember. And um, I am available to, um, for coaching. I would like to give everyone a gift, whoever wants to contact me, of a free 30-minute coaching session. You're welcome to contact me. You can email me, Facebook me, whatever. Awesome. I want to really and truly thank you from uh, my heart, Abby, for coming in and sharing what is most important but often overlooked in the everyday that we live. Abby, once again, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to our continued friendship and growth together. And I got to ask you, once a month, I am starting this. So it's going to be a uh, the very first Friday of the month that they're, the episodes are aired. So March, the very first Friday in March, would you be willing to join us on a live conversation for those that would like to show up and ask questions to all the guests that have um, spoke during that month? Um, I would love to do that. It depends on the hour because um, Perfect. Friday night, I wouldn't be able to do that, but I would do my time Friday afternoon. So it depends on the hour. If it was earlier time, yeah, I could do it. Awesome. Sure. So um, you're always open to it. Just depends on the time frame. Time. So Friday's I appreciate you yeah. at least saying that you would love to help others. Um, sure. If you're not, if you're sure. not there, you'll still be mentioned. So anybody's listening to this, just mark, make sure you mark your calendars for the first Friday of the month and know inside our Facebook group, that's where we're going to go live, but it will be through the zoom. So it will be through the zoom into the Facebook group. So yeah, Abby, thank sure. you so much. My pleasure, Trey. It was really great. Thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to more podcasts of yours also. <laughs> so Awesome. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right, guys, as we wrap up, as always, make sure you appreciate somebody. Show gratitude. If you have a loved one, just go out and give them a hug. Maybe that'll help change your mood, your attitude. And as always, make the rest of your day the best of your day.
and appreciation. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment. So that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there. Thank you.